Good morning and welcome to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumser. Good morning, Stacey. How is life in beautiful North Carolina? Hi, John. Uh, it's, it's be- it is beautiful. I'm sitting outside looking at my beautiful green trees today. The sun is shining for at least a little while before the rain starts this afternoon. So um, it is a little bit hot and muggy, but I'll take that. Much better than cold and rainy, so <laughs> we'll go there. And how about you? You're home this week as well, right? Uh, I, I am, and it's Northern California. Summer is beginning, which means you got to get the coats out. Um, <laughs> that's that's. It took me a while to get that when I moved from the East Coast. But what you do in the summer is you wear lots of extra layers because it gets cold. <laughs> it just it just swaps from when you're out out in the north, right? <laughs> yeah. Something something like that. It's cold and dry, right? So so in the summertime. The hills are brown, and you, and you, and you need a layer of fleece just to wander around. In wow. um, in the winter time, the hills are green, and you need a raincoat. And in spring and fall, um, you're the envy of everybody in the world. Exactly. Yeah, I was just having a conversation with someone who uh, lived in Hawaii for many years, and they said that they finally decided that California was better than Hawaii. It took them a while. Primarily, they said because they could get better shopping there. So, <laughs> yeah, the weather was, was really good. <laughs> currently, there are a couple of other things that make Hawaii, uh, make California look better. I think I think earthquakes are preferable to volcanoes, but I'm not sure. It, possibly yes. That is that is the uh, depending on where your house is. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah. So so both of us are home this week. But I think um, I know I'll be traveling the next two weeks after this. But we are starting to slow down from the from the conference season. I think the only conference I know of this week that was going on was the Vizier was having a conference, and I know some people have been there and tweeting about some of the stuff that they're doing. Uh, but other than that, things have started to slow down. I think in two weeks we have Cornerstones Conference. Um, are there any other events you'll be going to in the next few weeks? Uh, well, the most important one that I can tell you about is at the end of June, Gina Kelly and I are teaching the um, Human Capital Marketplace Masterclass at Princeton on the 29th of June. And it's a day-long orientation to the marketplace for people who are new because they've just got financing or new in product management or marketing roles. Um, and we can get you up to speed and running with what is HR, what are the psychographics of the buyer, what are the current what are the current trends, who are the players you need to be talking to, what does the competition look like. Um, good day-long class. We've been doing it for a number of years now, and I'm excited to get to that. Um, and so where will that be located at? Is that in New Jersey or is that in California? It's in, it's in Princeton. It's in Princeton. Oh, Princeton. Uh, okay, sorry. Yeah, the, the night before... It starts with with a visit to the Princeton Art Museum, which is one of the most astonishing nice. collections of artifacts uh, that I'm aware of. Yeah, so so dinner dinner and museum the night before, followed by a day of hard work. There you go. Well, that that will be a fun and knowledgeable event for everybody um, if they're able to attend and and anybody who's trying to learn the HR tech space and the HR space in general would probably get value out of that. So I'll put my thumbs up for it for you. <laughs> I what's was figuring the, you were going to ask about what's in the mailbag. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I was going to ask you, what's in the mailbag? 
I think we're stumbling this more this week because uh, both of us have been heads down working on stuff, and and there's uh, been a little bit of news, but but not a, a ton this week. So we've got to sort of pull ourselves out of doing research and writing into what's happening in the market. And there has been some money going, as you were talking about. Companies are getting money money still this year. Um, there is a uh, three point. Five million funding for uh, the uh, advanced interviewing platform Vervo. That's out of Australia. Um, Terminal is another organization that um, focuses on um, helping build remote engineer teams. They raised 13 million on their Series A funding. Um, and then someone that we, or some group that we all know for the most part, is Feed on People. They raised 22 million in Series B funding um, to accelerate their global expansion uh, and their talent relationship marketing platforms. So that's something definitely worth talking about. We also saw Indeed this week pledging 3,000 new jobs in Austin. That's a lot of new jobs, considering that uh, there was just a big hubbub about um, uh, Harley-Davidson Jr. sort of closing down a plant and losing 700 jobs. Um, 3,000 new jobs in Austin is, is pretty big. Um, we also have Salary.com hitting a major milestone with 15,000 unique job titles and 225 different industry um, classifications now. And Workday announced um, a new data discovery tool within their Workday Prism uh, application. And so in Workday Prism Analytics, there's new data discovery tools. We've got time for that. And then if there's any time left, Microsoft launched, um, uh, well, they had a SharePoint conference this week. I didn't even know there was a SharePoint conference. I'm not sure anybody <laughs> who's really excited about SharePoint would go to a conference because SharePoint's one of those technologies that everybody likes, loves to hate. But it launched a brand new um, mixed reality um, approach to the SharePoint environment. And actually, I, I think this will be sort of interesting to watch and see if this takes off. So lots of news this week in the HR tech space and the general tech space. Uh, where do you want to start at, John? Well, let's let's talk a little bit about the salary.com uh, uh, milestone. They have salary compensation job description data for 15,000 unique job titles in 225 industries. That is so much deeper than anybody else in the space is even thinking about that that you might um it's almost unbelievable the the, the degree to which salary.com has started to own the um, uh, comp analyst business um, and become a survey engine in its own regard. I, I don't think you can underestimate that. And what's powerful about this is is every system, particularly as we're moving into intelligent software, every system needs some sort of framework for understanding the jobs inside of its organization. And um, this puts salary.com in a very interesting position to be a supplier of frameworks and taxonomies. Um, um, so so this, is, this is on one level, this is just compensation survey data. And on another level, this is the most comprehensive view of the varieties of work that anybody in the business has, so it's it's a it's a pretty interesting thing. Yeah, I think it's this this to me. You know, I I, I when I when I was looking at this, I was like fifteen thousand. That seems like a lot. And then I, you know, we were talking about the labor statistics 
view um, here in the states of sort of their perspective of all the different job characteristics. There's a couple thousand. It's definitely nowhere near this 15,000 range of, of sort of descriptions of job codes and things, which which is very difficult if you've ever tried to do an analysis of different type of job um, descriptions. And if you've ever tried to use anything from sort of the state or the government level, they're one, they're very outdated, and two, there's just not enough differentiation to really get to what's happening in the market. Um, secondly, if you are in an industry or a market where you have some unique roles that don't end up in sort of being mass, um, you know, roles in other sort of areas or industries. So, for example, I have a friend who's a comp analyst in a nonprofit organization. She has to do her own surveys right now, which basically means she has to create a series of questions about the what's going on in that job profile, as well as the salary compensation, um, and send that out to other nonprofits. So she has to basically run her own surveys to get enough data to do a true comp analysis of sort of the various job salaries and job requirements uh, that she's doing within her organization. So when people sort of to realize the amount of work that this saves her organization, it's pretty big on top of the amount of data that this now has and contextualization it has around what's going on in organizations, right? Right. So this is one of the things that's interesting, and we'll sort of we'll sort of segue into the workday um, announcement of of the ways that they are using um, Prism Analytics. Uh, one of the things that that is really important to get is that HR data is often voluminous and complicated and dry. And so, and so, when you have to do a a comprehensive salary analysis, for instance, that doesn't. I, I can't imagine um, that. Well, it seems to me that a fair number of people in the audience are starting to snore as we as we talk about <laughs> uh, complex enterprise level compensation analysis. But if you don't get that right, then it's then you're overpaying or underpaying for the people who who work for you in the marketplace when you go out to get them, and and that sets up problems for competitive stuff. So so this is actually this is actually the area that HR has the biggest, most significant impact on the bottom line, the pricing of jobs, um, yeah. and, and and so 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 it's an interesting thing. Now now. Um, Workday's Prism Analytics um, allow you to take things like the salary.com data into your overall analytics process, right? So it's 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 part of the the ongoing moves at Workday to rethink what Workday's role is. So so when we were there um, uh, talking about the um, um, uh, sort of natural workplace initiatives, which is Workday putting its interfaces in places like Slack, the first thing that you see is that Workday is reaching outside of the bounds of the enterprise software envelope. And then with this, they're dragging more data in so that you can have complete analysis within the software enterprise um, envelope. And, and, and so, so they're, they're really tweaking the overall model of what enterprise software is, I think. Well, and, and I think that this one actually works with both of those models to some extent. So PRISM is sort of their analysis analytics tool, which you can sort of bring data into and, 
sort of work in different views and do different sorting functions and reporting opportunities. But what they're really, I think, highlighting um, most recently is sort of their new sort of approach to doing uh, data visualization. So if many of you sort of are thinking about what HR analytics or analytics tools that you're currently using, most organizations use sort of a breakup of different types of tools. They'll use Microsoft um, Excel probably to do a little bit of cleaning. They'll use maybe a data warehouse to do their aggregation. They'll maybe then pull that into uh, a Tableau to do a visualization, and then they'll maybe even put that into another tool to do report writing or report analysis, right, that someone can drill down in. Uh, I think what Workday is trying to do here is become sort of as much as possible the be-all, end-all analytics tool that you can use for our, all of your enterprise technologies. Um, and the interesting thing, I think, about this is that they're putting in place some new visualization capabilities that allows you to sort of visualize on the fly with your data, which is something that you really only see in some of the most sort of um, newest and up-to-date visualization technologies in the uh, analytics space with the ability to sort of create different mixes of data and then analyze it on the fly and different visual formats. The other thing that they're doing with this, and I think it gets back to your original comment, is they're allowing you then to export it into widgets, as I call them, or their uh, little um, elements that can then be used in other um, platforms, and they can still be drill downable. And that, I think, is really, really interesting. So you can take this information and move it into, say, for example, your you know, um, your SAP environment or your uh, operations tool or your Salesforce environment, and you have this little applet that you can then sort of sync back into the data. So there's really, really interesting ways they're using this. I love I, – I think I'm going to frame right over my desk – the word drill downable. That's good. That's that's like my favorite <laughs> word of the day now. Don't tell my English teacher. <laughs> that's that's perfect. So everybody yeah. knows what it means, drill downable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we all know how tough that is, right? <laughs> right. So. Exactly. Yeah. So then let's so let's is, do, yeah. go ahead. Let's let's do Phenom people getting getting a twenty two million dollar series B round. That's that's pretty interesting, don't you think? Yeah, and there wasn't, you know, this is something I actually, I, I saw a piece on it, and I, and I talked to someone who had said they'd heard about it, and I didn't see it come across any of the news wires, and so I actually had to go searching for this. So they're not making a huge deal about this, at least not in sort of the rounds of PR that oftentimes we get. Um, but it, it does look like they're focusing on global expansion with this this $22 million. Um, for those who don't know Phenom, they are a uh, talent relationship marketing platform. That's what they call themselves. Uh, but you've done a lot of work in that space. I mean, Phenom also does a lot of really, uh, I think, um, interesting analytics within their approach, right, from the from the marketing perspective uh, in the uh, space. So w do you think that this uh, additional money, is, is this increasing sort of their reach? Um, do you think there's going to be some interesting new things coming out from them and their, their artificial intelligence machine learning space around this? So so it used to be. When, when, when I first met Phenom people, their business was providing customization in job board interfaces, right? So Deloitte, Deloitte, who pilots everything, um, and and I believe they pilot everything because they're kind of a a um, quiet software company. They pilot things, they take ideas, and they build their own stuff. Uh, but Deloitte was using the Phenom People tool 
to run their careers page on their website. And the idea then was that the more time that you spent um, looking at their careers page, the better the careers page would be at giving you things that you needed, content and jobs. Which turns out to be not that great an idea because what you really are not looking for are people who are hanging around your careers page all the time. And so, 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 so tools that encourage that maybe are not such a big deal. So, so, and, and Phnom people also had a, a feature that was program advertising. So, so it would get you the kinds of people you wanted to come to your, um, um, page. And this this system that they are talking about now represents a pivot, and now they are now they are um, um, pivoting towards the Smashfly, Beamery, Clinch sort of marketplace yeah. of uh, recruitment marketing platforms, um, um, and. Um, oh, that's interesting. They think that the internal mobility and referral application market is ten billion dollars. Um, anyhow, anyhow, this is this is an interesting change in direction, and there's there's a lot of of uh, interesting competition in the recruitment marketing space. I've always wondered if it um, um, endures through the downturn. We're going to see a downturn one of these next couple of days, and um, but but here we go. Twenty two twenty two million dollars is a lot of run room uh, to build out an idea, and the team is smart and capable. Yeah, um, and at the same time, you know, and they aren't particularly just a recruitment marketing platform. They've got much more in this space, but we see that Indeed is pledging three thousand new jobs in Austin. So this space is by no means at this point slowing down um, 3,000 new jobs. I mean, I, you know, we've seen a couple hundred, you know, maybe a thousand in organizations, but to do 3,000 all at one time um, is, is pretty phenomenal from a growth perspective. Today, there are um, 1,600 employees in Austin um, and uh, 6,100 employees overall in 27 different countries. Now they're looking, you know, to expand that by 3,000 just in the Austin area. We're seeing growth all through the recruiting space, right? Three thousand jobs is correct me if I'm wrong. Three thousand jobs is three billion dollars in payroll. Is that not right? Yes, that's right. You're asking yes, me to do right. math this early in the morning, yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, so so yeah. shame on you for not getting your cup of coffee out. But I believe that's exactly. I believe three thousand jobs would be three billion dollars in in payroll, which means if you're if you're trying to keep a stock market price moving, you'd need to have four or five billion dollars in revenue to sustain that. Yeah. Um, that that that's some kind of ambition. Mm-hmm. That is that is just some kind of massive ambition, um, and and that is a that would that would constitute a. a so they have 1,600 employees currently, and they're going in to in Austin, and they're going to add 3,000 more. So that's that's a 200% increase. That's that's a lot of growth. That's a lot of growth. 
Yeah. That's, and that's, and I think what's interesting is that indeed that in Austin is it's their engineering function for the most part, right? They have um uh the high concentration of engineering and product teams. And for me, this is actually quite interesting because a lot of times engineering and product teams we sort of we often see them split up in many cases you'll see sort of um various groups in California, you'll see them oftentimes, you know, in other parts of the world. But to see this big of a concentration here in the Austin, I think, space will be will be very uh, – it'll be a, a great growth opportunity in Austin, but it'll also be, I think, an interesting uh, gauntlet throwdown on those organizations that are trying to say that they want to take some of the Indeed market space, like the Google jobs and the Facebook jobs, right? Well, and, and so, so now you've got um, uh, Recruit Holdings, the, the Japanese um, Kiretsu and um, – political party that owns indeed just bought Glassdoor and yep. now they are they are committing to growth of this magnitude in Austin. Um seems like seems like there's a bigger story here. Yeah. Seems like there's a bigger story here and I and, and I do not know what it is right now. But but I would I would look for more to come uh, because these are these are two dots on a line, and there's then and, and the story is what's a, what's the line. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll we'll wait and see, learn more. The gig economy is also continuing to grow. One of the things I was quite interested in was to see that Terminal is raising thirteen million dollars as well. Now this is Series A, so it's one of their first rounds. But Terminal is raising thirteen million dollars to scale its platform that helps companies build remote engineering teams. This is sort of interesting. I mean, this is basically a mixture of sort of what is some people would call a PEO. Basically, they are an organization that uh, allows people to establish footprints in, in various growing cities where the engineering talent is at. Um, they'll they'll do the HR, the hiring, the the workspace, the tech for them, but it's your engineering staff, basically. So it's sort of like a little bit of outsourcing gig engineering, but it's teams, not just a single person. Um, and it is a software application that's focusing on this. So this is sort of the next generation of maybe the gig economy model, but with specific teams or groups of people, which is something I heard uh, probably you know about five years ago talked about uh, by the Disney Corporation when they were trying to think about their new approach to recruiting. They were finding that they were hiring and losing people in teams, um, and we may be seeing more of this with something like this. Uh, yep, I, I, I'm, I'm astonished by this particular investment, and the investment is made by, by a series of industry-smart um, investment firms so 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 they're they're serious in some way so you think that this is that this is simply a peo or do you see something more here well it, it sounds like it is but i think it's 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 generally peos are 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 more about the services offered and they're and they're not so much about the technology behind it this seems to be as much about the technology that's supporting this as well as the sort of model and services that it's creating. So this is a tech and services mix. That's what my take is on it. I have not seen the terminal product, so I, that's one of the things I have on my list to do is go out and take a look at it. So so so, so it sounds like I mean as, as I as I try to sort this out, it sounds like what they're doing is providing and housing talent all over the place and then allowing you to build a team out of that talent. Is that right? 
that's my take on it. Yes, yeah. Ah, that's interesting. That's that's interesting. That means that that means that somebody thinks that they have um, a a way of managing the peaks and valleys and staffing. Mm-hmm. That, that would have to Particular that would have thing. to be uh, part of this equation. Cool. So yeah. what else we got? These are some, these are actually some pretty interesting things. Microsoft is doing interesting stuff with SharePoint Spaces, which is a sort of a, um, well, it says mixed reality. I don't know. I think people like you and I spend so much time on the road live in mixed reality. Um, exactly. But I don't think that's what they mean by mixed reality. No, no. This is this is this goes way back to the days of of sort of you know the 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 worlds that we were creating on the internet. I can't even think of the names anymore of all these little communities, right? Where you could sort of go in and you basically had this idea of augmented reality, and you if you're now with the new technology with your phones, you can look around your world, right? But it is this idea that I create sort of like a an intranet or a location where I have um, more of a physical feel and look to the um, approach. So for many people who, um, the early days of this where, where like you'd go into like a university and you could go to the various university buildings and check out what was going on in those university buildings, it was it was just the idea of basically putting in physical format maybe what was going on in an organization or in a format, um, and they're calling it augmented reality now or mixed reality. Um, the thing I think about this, which was surprising to me, is that SharePoint is the number one tool organizations are using for their intranets, and we have about 70% of organizations using HR portals, and then quite a large number of that is through the SharePoint space. Most of the time when I talk to organizations, they're trying anything they can to get off the SharePoint world because it doesn't quite do what they want to do. I don't know if this is going to save them or not, but this is the direction they're heading. <laughs> so that, that angst that you're talking about, is that the same kind of angst that people who use applicant tracking systems have, you know, the, the, the interesting thing about applicant tracking systems is that everybody hates theirs, but yeah. they keep them for 10 years. They do. Yes. <laughs> it's still, so SharePoint, it's still is SharePoint the same thing. We, we love to hate it, but we keep it. We keep it. Every IT company, cause it comes uh, for free with IT. It makes sense. It has all the infrastructure you need. It's just not quite as user-friendly oftentimes as you would like it to be. Um, and I think that's what we generally hear. But this is some interesting use cases. I mean, they're talking about um, employee inductions, onboarding, as we know. Um, they're also talking about 360-degree videos um, as well as, you know, sort of on-site maps and touring. So there's a lot of uses people, I think, feel that they could do this with. But, yeah, they think this is going to help with the SharePoint view perspective, I guess. Cool. So what a great conversation today. We blitzed through a ton of interesting bits and pieces of news in the industry. Um, thanks for doing this, Stacey. I really appreciate uh, the fact that, that you're willing to spend time every week talking about this junk. It's great. Yes, I enjoy it as well, John. It's always fun. It's like our water cooler time, right? <laughs> There you go. So thanks, yeah. everybody, for listening. Um, this is HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumter, and we will see you here next week. Bye-bye now. Bye, everyone.